Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. It is time for another Myth Monday episode. I'm your host, Brian, with my co-host, Ben Brandell. And today, we are talking song dogs. That's right, song dogs. And we're talking about coyotes today and a myth surrounding coyotes. Everybody knows probably what a coyote is. We'll talk a little bit more about them in this episode. But the myth we're going to address is how many coyotes are there? People hear these coyotes out howling and singing their songs at night, and so often we hear people say, there must have been 50 out there. There was at least a dozen. Oh my goodness, I bet I heard a hundred coyotes last night. Is that true? Is there that many out there? We hear about their populations growing. Are people hearing 50 coyotes at night? We're going to answer that question here today. But first, before we start, we need to give some thanks. Ben, what are you thankful for today? Thankful for research, searching. Yeah? Yeah, we, we get a lot of information the more that we dig into it. You know, you and I usually have experiences that um, really give us some of the information, and then that leads to really digging in. And so just having the, the freedom to, to truly really find out what other people have found out, um, learning from other people's experiences. Thankful for that. Yeah. What I'm thankful for today, you know, this actually came to me in the – the wee hours of the morning, as I was taking care of my my one year old son, long before the sun came up, and I, you know I was honestly a little frustrated, but I felt this pain in my arm. When I was younger, I had my arm broken really badly and had to be reconstructed with metal parts and pieces that are still in there today, and it was hurting me. I was laying there, I could feel every heartbeat throbbing, and I kind of had this reminder, this realization that I had through some of the bad injuries and instances in my life of how fast things can change. You know, in our last episode, we talked about uh, a close uh, friend that just passed away, and I'm remembering those injuries, but it made me thankful. It made me thankful for my health and your health and, and all my family's health. All that can be changed literally in an instance. Mm-hmm. And I think we take for granted our health sometimes, and then when it's gone, it, it's gone, and, and it's we want it back so bad. But I'm thankful for my loved one's health, and my health today. That's good, man. Yep. So let's jump into talking about coyotes. When they are, when they're sounding off, man, it is a little eerie sounding, can make you feel a little spooky, especially when it's dark outside. You know, we were, we were camping uh, last week, a couple weeks ago, and all the participants in our overnight group, that was something they brought up in the morning was, did you hear how many coyotes there were? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where this episode came from. Because uh, we talked a little bit out with them, um, and, and really the fact of the matter is that you're not hearing as many coyotes as you think you're hearing. So when people say, I heard 50 coyotes, you really probably didn't. It may have sounded like that, be- but if you really look at um, the behavior and nature of coyotes, they don't exist in those big, huge packs. Coyotes, a lot of times, are actually by themselves or in pairs, they're actually a monogamous animal. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll find a mate and stay with them for their life. But the largest group, it's kind of misleading to even call them a pack because I'm just going to call them a group or a family because that's really as big as they get. It's the, the adult male, adult female, and then their most recent 
litter of pups, which usually is about four or five, eight at the biggest. So even at the biggest, biggest size, there's only 10 of them. And a lot of the time, the pups are pretty silent. They'll make a lot of noises, but not that big, loud vocalization that you can hear. They'll yip and moan and growl around their little family. But what you're truly hearing are the adults. And even if there's, let's say there's four or five adults together for some reason, only the mature, high-ranking, dominant adults are the ones that are going to vocalize. So if you have four adult coyotes together, only the highest-ranking male and female are even going to be the ones that are even making any noise. Yeah, so I think, why does it sound like there's so many? Well, I think people exaggerate when they say 50. You right. know, it sounds like 50. I think they're trying to share that it sounds like a lot, right? Right. So let's even narrow it down to even let's let's say they realistically thought they heard 20. Mm-hmm. That's still so far far off from what's really happening. It is. You know. And, and a study they did to show that it was actually through Texas A&M, the Ag Department Research and Extension Center. They did a study in 2015 in Texas. And what they did, they actually went and they recorded coyotes they recorded one coyote two three and four they recorded those group sizes and they played them to 427 different participants ranging in age gender and even occupation and where they live so you had some urban people some rural people you had farmers and ranchers and then you had non-farmers and ranchers and what they found was (laughs) that despite your demographic everybody estimated the group size the same and everybody was wrong wow they knew they were they were there to try to guess the size, so they weren't going to say 50. They weren't going to get crazy and exaggerate. What they found was that at least twofold, everybody at least twofold. So if they heard four, everybody was saying at least eight or more. And so people exaggerate that. And you may ask, if you're when you listen to this, you, you're probably asking, well, what does that even matter? It, it matters because truth matters, and the truth is the pile the coyote population is growing in the United States. However, it may not be as bad where you are or in other areas as you think it is because people are throwing out these crazy estimates just based on sound, and that's really not how you estimate a coyote population. So what is what is a normal population then in, in a region? So uh, let's take Kansas, for instance, because that's kind of the epitome of coyote habitat, that prairie edge woodland area. They have estimated between 150,000 and 300,000 coyotes in the state of Kansas. However, our government, actually, because coyotes do $100 million in livestock damage in the United States a year. $100 million. That's taking out chickens and calves and all these things that they come after. So to combat that, because there's hardly any trappers anymore, Mm -hmm. and hunting isn't an effective way, the government comes in and they use... They go up in helicopters, um, they take out dens, they trap them, they take all these, they take out half a million coyotes in the United States. Most of that's out west, where the populations are are higher, but half a million a year across the whole United States. But just in one state of Kansas, you have 300,000. Mm-hmm. I would imagine Missouri, Nebraska, Oklahoma are all similar to that number, so they're not even getting close to how many that is, so that number is still growing every year about how many, the overall population in the United States. That's crazy. And there are coyotes now in every single state in the United States, except for Hawaii. So all 49 states besides Hawaii have coyote populations. So they they're are, everywhere. They are growing exponentially. Absolutely. That, that, that is growing, and, and it does need to be controlled. We can't just let it go crazy. However... 
if we get too crazy with it, then we could really damage them. We don't want to completely wipe them out. It's just that predator-prey balance. Right. And so when you're hearing a coyote, they vocalize, which there's a lot of studies about their vocalizations and what they all mean. But when you're hearing the big, loud howl, the stuff that you hear at night that kind of makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck, that can be heard from up to a half a mile away, a thousand yards. It's pretty far. far. And so a lot of times we hear them and we say, oh, man, they were right there, right there in my backyard. But they probably weren't. They're probably a pretty good, they could have been a quarter mile, half a mile away, and it sounded like they were right there. And, and the way sound travels at night, too, it it really makes them loud and sound right in your backyard. But what they're saying when they're hearing these loud sounds, they're basically claiming their territory or they're reuniting maybe with their mate if they got separated on a hunt or something like that. They're reuniting with someone that they know or they're claiming their territory. It's not this, they're not celebrating over a kill or anything like that. It is really just saying, hey, me and my mate are here and no other pack should come around because there'll, there'll be several of these little groups scattered out. So there's two myths within the myth then. Mm-hmm. So the first myth of the, is that when you're hearing a group of coyotes either whining or yipping you're, or howling basically, uh, it's not as many as you think. Right. And then we also have another myth that they're not doing that to celebrate a kill or to organize a hunt, like mm-hmm. I've heard before. They're, they're organizing to get together to go hunt. It's mainly a territorial, a, territorial. A territorial thing. This, gotcha. is, this is our spot. The rest of you sound dogs, stay out. Get out of here. So when you're looking at coyotes, uh-huh. are they nocturnal, diurnal, or crepuscular? Because you're talking about the sounds you're, you're hearing that of a night. I personally don't think I've ever heard them um, while hunting of the daytime, you know, at 10, noon. I, I don't, I rarely hear them. Yeah. I have shot a few um, that were stalking deer during the day. Right. Um, but they're mainly considered a nocturnal animal. Right. They really are. They'll hunt in those crepuscular morning, dawn hours, but they're mainly considered, they're mostly active during the night. And so, because I have seen them of the day, mm-hmm. you know, I imagine most people listening have at least seen one during the, the daylight hours, um, but they are a nocturnal animal. So that's probably when they're most active and vocal. And that's why we hear them uh, of a night. That makes sense. I want to throw, I want to throw another myth in around these coyotes in there for you. People will see them because you, you mentioned seeing them during the day. And I have too, even even here where my house is, you know, I've had mm-hmm. some run by me and my son during daylight hours of an evening, but everybody always says, I saw a coyote yesterday, that thing was as big as a German Shepherd. I hear that all the time. That thing was huge, I thought it was a wolf. <laughs> well, wolves are 100 pounds, German Shepherds are 75 to 100 pounds. The average size of a coyote in Missouri, the state where we live, is 18 to 30 pounds. When I was trapping coyotes, the biggest one I've ever trapped was 27 pounds, and it was like, holy cow, that's a big coyote. They, they're not that big. They're small dogs. They're small canines. Um, out west, you'll have some uh, that get larger. There's several subspecies of coyotes in the United States, and out west, you'll have some that can approach that 50 pounds, and that's going to be a big male. The males are bigger than the females. They usually stand several inches taller than the females, but even 50 pounds... You're nowhere, you're nowhere near the size of a German Shepherd or, or a wolf at all. So that's kind of one of those things, that, that exaggeration that people tend to do when they encounter wildlife. Yeah, and it sounds like we do that in sound by hearing and also by sight, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. So the next question that I want to answer is if vocalization, coyote vocalization is not a way to accurately estimate how many coyotes we have, 
to know if we need to control them or if we have an issue on our property. Let's say you own a farm and you hear you hear coyotes every night and you must, we kind of, if you hear them all the time, you kind of do get this notion, man, I've got coyotes everywhere. But if the sound of them is not an accurate way to do it, how do we do it? And the answer really is to ignore the coyotes and to look to other wildlife. So you can look at how many rabbits are on your property, how many mice and field rat uh, field rats do you see hopping around. Another great way is deer. You can actually do a, a deer uh, camera s- survey, and you can actually find out your fra- fawn recruitment. If your fawn recruitment is low on your property, let's say your fawn recruitment is 10%, meaning that um, of all the fawns born on your property, only 10% live to become adult deer. Well, then you there's a pretty good chance that you have a predator issue that's likely coyotes because they love to go after fawns. And so looking at those other wildlife species is the best way to know if you have a predator problem. Hmm. And if you do, the next question is, how do we reduce that number? How do we help our deer? How do we help our rabbits? And I'm going to tell you the first step should not be to start shooting or setting traps. Your first step should not be to start killing coyotes. Your first step should look at yourself, look at your home and say, what's my habitat like here? Because if coyotes have a lot of rabbits, rabbits need habitat. So if you have rabbit habitat, if there's a lot of field mice, they're going to go after those things first because wildlife are constantly weighing this risk versus reward thing. It is more risky for them to go after a fawn where the mom may come hoof a coyote to death than it is for them to go get a rabbit where there's really no risk at all. So if they have an abundance of rabbits and mice, they're going to go after that before they go after fawns and turkeys and those things. So take care of your habitat first. Once you've done that, if you still have a coyote problem, then you can start trapping to keep that trapping or, or shooting to keep those populations in balance. An analogy I'd like to use is if there's a hole in the wall of your house and the mice are coming in to eat the corn, you don't just set a trap and keep trapping the mice coming to eat the corn. That'd be silly, right? Because they're still going to keep coming through the hole. No, you take care of your house first. You patch the hole. Then you set the trap and trap the mice from coming after your corn. Mm. Right? Yeah. So how does that look for a landowner that the rest of the landowners are not doing that? I, I... I want to control this population, so I'm going to take care of my home first, and I am. Mm-hmm. But no one else around me is. Yeah, uh, a really cool way to do that is called co-ops, and you actually meet with them. And if it's bringing in a trapper, everybody can pitch in to do that. If you're the person with the trapping skills, maybe you offer to off, offer to trap on their properties. There's very few people that go, man, I want a whole bunch of coyotes on my property. They, there really isn't. I've never met anybody that said that to me. I'm sure there's... There's the exception to that, but meet, meet your neighbors, talk to them about what's going on say, Hey, can I trap over there? And even if you are just working on your property, coyotes don't know property and boundary lines. Mm-hmm. You're never going to eradicate them ever. You could trap every year, the rest of your life. You will never, ever eradicate coyotes from your area, but you can limit that population from getting to these drastic numbers that are taken out game species or livestock species. So let's say that I trap four within a year, mm-hmm. a season. Yep. Are new coyotes then going to be moving in? Yeah. So a lot stuff? of times I, I mentioned, you know, a lot of times there's singular coyotes and that's usually juvenile males. And so they're looking for their territory. They're not very vocal. You're not going to hear them because they're subordinate. They don't want the big bad 
coyotes to know that they're even there. So they're going to be out looking for their new territory. So a lot of times, um, even on properties that I've trapped, say I trapped five or six over the course of a fur bearer season, the next year I'm going to get about the same number. Um, but you're really keeping that from from climbing to these these crazy, crazy numbers. And trapping is the most effective way rather than shooting. Right. Now, is is the range for a, um, I'm going to call it a family, mm-hmm. uh, instead of a pack, right? Because we t- kind of talked about that. But a family of coyotes, is the range about, is their territory about two miles? So on the minimum, so you're kind of looking at maybe every two miles, there could be a family of, of coyotes. You can. Um uh, and just like everything with people's property, there's going to be borders of territories. Mm-hmm. So let's say, um, let me use kind of the area that I grew up. You've got lots of haulers and ridges, you know, 400 foot elevation changes pretty quickly. You may hear what sounds like a big pack down in the bottom. That's a, a group of three or four. And then the next ridge over, you you hear a similar sound. It's not, it's probably two different groups. It really probably is. And, and they're not going to enter they're not going to co-mingle. It's just their territories that are button up against each other. Yeah. And you said, you know, trapping is probably more impactful. I will say, though, if, if you like to coyote hunt, go do it. Yeah. I have done it. It is so much fun. It is a lot of fun to call them in. It is. You yeah. call them in. They come all the way in. And, and now it's kind of talking through this and talking about size. Majority of the time, I've only seen two or three. Yeah. So, like, when you're calling them in, you're only getting about two or three, which would lead to my next question. If you've shot two or three you might as well quit, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it may take some time for for the new for new family to come in. Yeah, and that comes up that comes up to a question I always want to ask people which I don't because it's kind of that that fragile thing. You don't want to you don't want to make people feel uh stupid. I'm going to use the word, but when people do that, I mean, I've literally have heard people say use the number 100. I heard there had to be a pack of 100 down there right. last night. Well, I want to ask that person When's the last time you saw a pack of 100 coyotes? If there were packs of 50 and 100 coyotes running around, you would see them. You Nobody's would. ever seen that. I would actually probably be terrified. Yeah. Uh, that'd be pretty... No, it would be. It would be unnerving, yeah. Yeah, and the, the most I have ever seen, I've spent a lot of time outdoors, a lot of time in the tree stand. Um, the most I've ever seen at once was three. And it was a group of three. I was watching them from about two, 300 yards away. And they had, there was a group of turkeys feeding in the corner of this field. Um, right there on the woods line and and they were stalking i was watching the whole thing from a distance through binoculars they were stalking these turkeys and it was so funny these turkeys when the coyotes would get close and they would sense danger the turkeys would fly up into the trees that were like 20 yards away and the coyotes would go back into the woods and the turkeys would fly right back down to the corner of that field and here'd come those coyotes out again all three of them stalking and the turkeys would fly up and i thought you dumb turkeys (laughs) Once you just fly, once you go ahead and fly half a mile or a mile away, they just kept going right up to the trees and hopping right back down. They kept doing this dance. I never did see one of the coyotes take one of them out. Um, they just kept doing this dance of turkeys up to the trees, coyotes into the woods, and back and forth and back and forth. But it's just kind of funny to watch nature unfold. Um, again, because it's it's so simple, but yet it, it, it's complex uh, how it all works together. It's pretty awesome. So I hope this helps you guys as you're listening to it. I didn't mean to make anybody feel dumb with this because there was a time in my life where I said the same thing. I can remember many a nights laying in bed with my window open and thinking, oh my goodness, I'd be scared to death to go outside right now. There are so many coyotes. But as I began to study and get into my undergrad and then start working with biologists, realizing, you know what, there's no way. I've never seen that many coyotes. There are a lot out there. 
but the actual nature of coyotes and how they work is in families. So you may have a mom and dad and their pups, and that's as big as a group as there's going to be. And I hope that you guys are enlightened by that. I hope that you share it with others. If you like our podcast, please become a patron. We really would appreciate and need your financial support. Any of our link tree, uh, you can find our links through our link tree through any of our social accounts. Follow us on any of our social accounts. Also, hit that automatic download and follow button on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast. Tell others about it and continue to help us grow. That is it for this episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. We hope that between now and our next episode that you find time to get outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.